Welcome to Never Again Is Now, a podcast about anti-Semitism. The popular CBS fictional TV series, The Equalizer, recently featured an episode dealing with current anti-Semitic incidents. Today, we are discussing that with the leading actor of the episode. I'm Evelyn Marcus, and in addition to being a psychologist, I'm featured in the documentary about anti-Semitism, Never Again Is Now. I am a Dutch Jew and the daughter of Holocaust survivors. In 2006, I emigrated to the United States because of the rising anti-Semitism in Europe. I am Phyllis Zimpler Miller. I grew up in Elgin, Illinois. The Jewish community there, very few in number, were not uh, connected to the Holocaust. Our parents and grandparents had come at the turn of the 20th century to escape the Tsar and other programs. And yet, in September 1970, only 25 years after the end of World War II, my U.S. Army officer husband and I were stationed in Munich, Germany, and this changed our lives as Jews forever. Today, we have the honor to have Adam Goldberg in our show as our guest. Adam is the leading actor on The Equalizer, an actor by trade, but also a filmmaker, musician, and photographer. Adam Goldberg's career has spanned more than three decades, comprising a vast resume of, of eclectic work, both on and off the screen. Goldberg can currently be seen starring as computer hacker Harry Keshegian on the hit CBS series, The Equalizer, which is reimagining of the classic films. The show had a massive debut to over 23 million viewers in 2021 and is currently airing its third session, season, pardon, excuse me, season, the third season. So Adam, welcome to our show and we're thrilled to have you on. Well, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm very excited for this episode because, uh, you know, TV fictional shows, especially very popular ones, frequently deal with current events. But it's very rare to see a TV show as successful as The Equalizer in its third season now, right? Deal with current anti-Semitic incidents. In fact, I rewatched the episode again last night, including giving statistics of the rise in anti-Semitism. How did this come about? It's really exciting and unusual. Yeah, I you know, I, I don't know uh, exactly... Um, what took you know so long to be honest with you i mean i i i don't watch a lot of uh i guess what's known as procedural television so you know or torn from the headlines i guess television so you know i wasn't necessarily aware of how little or much the topic was explored my sense is that very little um just as in general i find that the stories uh you know often don't even make the news or certainly aren't the leading stories unless it's a major massacre um, and then often it seems to be as much about, you know, gun control, which is obviously an issue, um, as it is about anything else. Um, but, uh, you know, I know this episode was really important. Adam Glass, who was a, uh, a newer writer and, and newer showrunner, co-showrunner, um, with Joe Wilson, uh, on our show. And, you know, he's Jewish and he definitely uh, wanted to tell this story. So I'm sure it has, you know, a lot to do, um, with that. Yeah, but just to say the episode was even called Never Again. So mm -hmm. it was clearly targeted towards discussing this issue. So yeah. Evelyn has a question for you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, Adam, what was the reaction of the cast and crew as the episode was being filmed? Um, well, you know, I just feel like maybe I should set it up a little bit for, for those people who haven't, you know, seen the episode, um, you know, but it is about um, a, a, a series of um, increasingly violent anti-Semitic uh, attacks, um, you know, that ultimately culminates with a um, a potential uh, attack by several gunmen at a um, at a synagogue. Um, but you know, there is the beating of a of a rabbi in it. I mean, it's a pretty brutal episode, even even by the standards of the Equalizer, which explores a lot of these topics. Um, you know, I I can't say exactly what the you know the you know, when you're doing a show like this, people are really pretty, um, you know, so focused on 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 the on the stress of making a television show, and so many of the topics that I think the show deals with are pretty intense. Um, so I can really only speak for myself, which is to say, you know, in 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 addition to having a much larger role in this episode than I do in in some of the other episodes, um, that you know, it definitely had a big personal impact on me, and it's a, it's a theme which I have explored you know, as an actor dating back to playing the Jewish soldier in Saving Private Ryan through playing, you know, taking, um, you know, a, a comedic approach to it, playing the Hebrew hammer to, you know, being very outspoken on, um, you know, in my social media about um, the rise of anti-Semitism and, and my particular experience with anti-Semitism. And so, um, you know, I definitely felt, um, you know, a, a certain weight, I guess, on my shoulders. And and I, I found myself being kind of more moved maybe than I thought uh, I would be while I was shooting it, I think partly because it is an issue which I've explored on screen in really the most, you know, vivid terms. I mean, I was stabbed by a Nazi, you know, and what has now become, you know, a pretty famous death scene, Saving Private Ryan. Um, it doesn't get much more visceral than that. But, you know, that was many years ago. And in many ways that felt... Um, kind of, you know, it felt historical. I mean, it didn't seem like something that would happen, um, right. you know, or possibly could happen if you left your house. Uh, right. Now, uh, just, what was it, two days ago, um, essentially, you know, to, uh, you know, it happened in Texas to a degree. I mean, it wasn't blatantly anti-Semitic, but it was certainly a guy who espoused white supremacist, um, you know, uh, and, and blatantly Nazi, you know, philosophy, you know, referring to the attack on the mall in Texas. And so, you know, um, it felt, uh, you know, eerily, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, profound, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, I, I can totally identify with what you say, because I grew up in, in Europe, in Holland, in Amsterdam, the most yeah. liberal city of uh, the world, maybe. Yeah. Um, and without any any significant anti-Semitism, maybe a remark here or there, but that was it. Right. And then so, suddenly we would be attacked in the streets of Amsterdam, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, it's bizarre. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's come, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, I know, I wonder how much of it is, you know, a, a, a rise of inner, you know, sort of, uh, you know, internal, hate uh, and misunderstanding and, you know, the spread of of these, you know, age old conspiracy theories and how much is just emboldening, you know, uh, uh, a, uh, t- you know, feelings that were lying fairly dormant until a few years ago um, when, you know, I think several mainstream polit- politicians sort of, uh, 
you know, emboldened uh, these ideas. Um, it's it's it, it's hard to know. Um, I think it's probably a combination of both of those things. But mm-hmm. so let's go back to talking about your character, who up until this point had been portrayed as Armenian. So tell us how that backstory changed. But though I will just say I loved the sentence in the episode when you said you have genocide on both sides of your family. That was a great line. Yeah, well, that's something I actually had proposed to them because um, I thought, um, well, that we should address the fact that that I, I'm playing a guy who's both Armenian, you know, and 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 Jewish, and um, you know, and not just fully kind of disavow uh, the uh, the Armenian a- a part of it, and and um, much in the same way, I guess we've we've never dealt with the the, the Jewish half. I mean, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of this is just a function of being on a TV show. I mean, I kind of always make this joke, which is when you do a TV, you know, when you do a movie, you read the script, you know who the guy is, um, and you um, prepare accordingly. Uh, on a television show, you can find out in season two, you know, that your mother is your father and that they're both geese, you know, or something. Um, and so in this case, I think, um, you know, they didn't write this role for me, uh, Harry Kashigian. That was a role that was written. Um, it was offered to me. And had they said three years ago, you know, you're going to be playing this Jewish character. He's a hacker, blah, blah, blah. I probably would have said, hey, you know what? Let's not make him Jewish. Or there's really no reason for, for me to play a, a Jewish character unless that unless that really sort of factors into the to the into the storylines. And um, and I, uh, you know, and, and not much was made of it. And in fact, I sort of thought, well, at some point, we'd probably do a story about his Armenian you know, um, b- background, because every character at some point has sort of dealt with their, you know, cultural um, background. And, um, you know, but I think, again, that this was a story they wanted to tell. I was clearly the vessel to st- tell that story. And so, you know, I became a half Jewish, half Armenian. In reality, I'm I'm actually half Jewish and half, um, well, non-Jewish, a lot of other things, <laughs> but not Armenian. Adam, in your in your personal life, um, uh, not any of the of the Jewish or non-Jewish characters you have played, but do you have identify personally as Jewish? Yeah, I mean that's that's a, that's a question I've I've I guess I guess you could say that I've struggled with really um, uh, much of my life. Uh, I uh, essentially grew up. Jewish. I didn't really think twice about it. I mean, I used to make jokes, I guess, about being half Jewish and half Catholic. But in fact, you know, my mother, who was, you know, grew up uh, Catholic and of, you know, German, Irish, French, Italian, Mexican descent, um, uh, you know, became a, a pretty vehemently disavowed Catholic by the time she was, you know, college aged. And, um, and I think it was even her idea uh, to send me to Jewish day school. I mean, I, obviously both my, my father and mother agreed on this, but so I went to Jewish day school from about mm, first grade through sixth grade. And so, you know, for all intents and purposes, while we weren't religious, I guess you would say, um, we certainly, um, um, certainly at school, um, while very secular, um, you know, went to, had Shabbat services on Friday and, you know, um, learned Hebrew and, um, you know, we had seders and, you know, we had Hanukkah. We also had Christmas, but, you know, um, after I graduated, uh, I went to a more, 
you know, a, 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 a non-denominational school, a, a school called Oakwood, which was kind of, you know, sort of a, a, a progressive prep school, I guess. And, um, you know, um, I sort of, I, I guess I felt like, um, you know, I, I didn't get bar mitzvah. That was another contribution, I guess, to this episode, which was that I wanted to sort of make that distinction, um, you know, that this was a, a kid in the episode and also a kid you know, based on my own experience where I had sort of said, you know, it would be disingenuous of me to have a bar mitzvah, not sort of really understanding in my 13 year old brain that there's more to it than, you know, the words that you're saying, you know, not to take them so fundamentally um, and um, fundamentalistly, I guess I should say. Um, but somehow I felt it would be disingenuous to to, to, to to do it, really, and to do it in a temple and and really kind of you know, power through it, the ceremony and make a bunch of money, you know, that's kind of like get a bunch of checks and some pens and things like that, right? Because that's what, you know, you kind of get when you get a marmots, a lot of checks and pens, right? So, um, you know, and, and then when I became an actor uh, professionally, that's something I also had to grapple with, you know, how much do I want to lean into being a Jew? How long, how much do I want to, uh, to be able to, portray any cultural, you know, any anything within reason, right? Um, certainly some of my heroes, whether it's, you know, I don't know, you know, Robert De Niro played his fair share of, of Jewish characters. And I would always complain that you don't see a lot of Jewish actors. I mean, well, I should correct that. In the olden days, you saw a lot of Jewish actors playing all kinds of different cultural backgrounds, but um, you didn't know they were Jewish. I mean, you didn't know Kirk Douglas was Jewish, right? And so, um, but people who are openly Jewish, right, you know, who kept their Jewish last names and that kind of thing seem to be more uh, typecast. And so that's something I always had to struggle with. And I think in struggling with that, it maybe pushed me a little bit further away from um, my, uh, you know, my, my, my cultural background. And I certainly felt culturally Jewish. Um, you know, I was a big fan of Woody Allen movies and Delhi and jazz and, you know, a, a lot of things that are really, um, you know, a huge part of, of, of Jewish culture. And, you know, I was always very clear to make the distinction between being Jewish culturally, being Jewish religiously, and then like being Israeli, because that's something that people conflate, you know, quite a bit. Um, and so it, I, th I think in an effort to sort of create these kind of comp compartments, it can be a little bit confusing in the end, you know, sort of who and what it means to be um, Jewish, certainly a secular Jewish American. Um, and, um, you know, I, I guess as I get older, um, I feel like it's definitely my responsibility to own the part of me that feels connected to that, uh, to my Jewishness, to, 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 to Judaism, to Jewishness, and to, um, instill that in my children to um, make them aware of what Jewish people have been through through the centuries and make everyone else as aware as I possibly can be, you know, with the small amount of um, bandwidth that I can reach, you know, um, you know, as an actor. So um, that's my, I guess, convoluted answer to that question. <laughs> Let me, and, 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 go, oh, go ahead, Evelyn. And Adam, um, there, there are, of course, a bunch of positive reasons to um, 
to to identify as a Jew and to and to uh, in, in to include Jewish culture and religion mm -hmm. in in your life, if you want. Mm -hmm. There could also be, and you mentioned a, a little subtle one. Um, there could also be negative reasons not to do it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned that um, in Hollywood in the past, uh, actors with a Jewish family name would be typecasted, mm -hmm. um, and if you don't want to be typecasted all the time, then you better not have a Jewish family name or identify as very Jewish. Do, do you personally experience today in your work and also if you make choices for your children uh, that there are negative reasons, um, you know, to, to, to stay away a little bit from, from Jewish identity? Yeah. I, I mean, putting all the professional stuff, because obviously I'm in a very specific situation, right? So putting all of that aside, I always had a strange feeling. Now, I didn't grow up um, uh, in, 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 a, in an environment where, again, I felt like anti-Semitism was either prevalent or even still very contemporary, right? But, um, um, you know, many of the people, it seemed like most of the people I knew were Jewish, in fact. Um, but you know, I think what being an actor did was is it sort of exposed me in a way. And I mean, I'll give you an example. My first film where I had any real exposure was in my uh, couple years, really a year and a half into into my professional career was a movie called Dazed and Confused. And I play a, you know, a sort of uh, a cranky, acerbic intellectual gut kid. Right. And um, and I get beat up by a kind of, a, you know, uh, a sort of. Well, I call him a, a a Nazi in the movie, but um, you know, I, I you know by a greaser, like a you know kind of a fifty greaser guy, and um, you know it takes place in the seventies, and so I get beat up in the movie, and the character's name is Mike Newhouse, not so far as I know a Jewish name, and and I um, um remember they would do these test screenings, right? um for movies and somebody and they and they would ask a question on these on these cards and one of the questions is always is, is what's your favorite part of the movie or something like that and somebody wrote in i know because richard linklater the director would often tell the story uh someone wrote in when the jew gets his ass kicked now that could mean a lot of things right for a lot of people that's their favorite part of the movie because it's a fun part of the movie i hit the guy he hits me it's a kind of it's it's kind of one of the most you know action-oriented scenes in the entire movie which is otherwise deals with a lot of uh, like teen ennui and so uh was he just identifying me as a Jew because it was an easy way to identify me visually was he identifying me as a Jew because uh you know I'm smart and funny and intellectual was was he you know was he stereotyping me was he saying that his favorite part was when he saw the Jewish character, though, again, the character was never Jewish, as far as I knew, um, get beat up because it was satisfying to him. And many later, many years later on, um, uh, really in the last few years, I mean, I'll tell you exactly when, is when, when uh, during the uh, uh, run up to the 2000 and, uh, 2016 election during the Republican primaries, I was very vocal on Twitter um, and particularly anti-Trump, uh, you know, who at the time seemed less like a menace and more like, you know, a joke, I guess. And um, and so I would criticize him vo vocally and I would get 
in my inbox or in my mentions on Twitter. Um, and I, you know, I can show you on my phone. I have hundreds of screenshots in a folder called Nazis. And because I was literally getting sent Holocaust era, you know, propaganda um, and imagery. Um, and so it would be like, what does one thing really have to do with the other exactly? I'm criticizing this guy for being, let's say, anti-immigrant. And then it's like, back to the ovens with you or something like that. And um, I was like, wow, you know, some of these people didn't know like who I was. They saw blue check mark, you know, by my name, I guess. And they saw Goldberg. And so there you go, the onslaught of, of you know, and that was really where it kind of came into sort of stark relief for me. Um, but there was always an uneasiness in this country. And, and again, in my 20s, I would make jokes about driving through the South, you know, um, but just having a kind of an uneasiness, you know, certainly not the way that, you know, an African-American person probably would, um, you know, based on the history of their treatment, you know, in let's say the South or in middle America or whatever you want to call it. But I always had this kind of uneasiness, but now I can give you an example. I'm going to, I ride motorcycles. I was talking to a, uh, this guy at the Harley dealership here and um, I'm in, I'm in New York, but in New Jersey. And he used to work um, just a few years ago in um, Alabama and you know he had to leave he's a jewish guy um his name is adam actually <laughs> and um he, he years ago took a picture of himself in front of the hebrew hammer poster or something which was funny and to buy a motorcycle from the guy but anyway um and you know he told me a, just a horrific story about a guy who came in um wouldn't wouldn't buy the motorcycle from the black dealer um and you know from, um sales rep and so bought it from him not knowing this guy was jewish but saying all kinds of fucking, you know, pardon my French, all kinds of, you know, horrible stuff. And it's just like, and the guy eventually just, you know, had to leave and, you know, moved to New Jersey. To, and it's like, this is, I, I was like, when is this? And he said, you know, five years ago, right? So yeah, these are all ways in which I, I think being, um, you know, openly identified as a Jewish person uh, is a, uh, well, can be both, um, you know, disheartening at its best, right? And then, I guess, uh, really dangerous at its worst, you know. And were you were you recommended to change your name when you started in in? No, 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 no. I mean, you know, I mean, it was the early '90s. I mean, it wasn't like that. I mean, you know, there was a. I used to get confused, still do, and vice versa, confused for Jonathan Silverman a lot. I mean, you know. I actually, you know, there's a guy who, well, you know, on the one hand, he would do a Neil Simon movie. On the other hand, he would do, uh, you know, uh, Weekend of Bernie's or whatever. I mean, he wasn't necessarily like the Jewish actor. I mean, he's clearly a Jewish guy, Jewish last name, whatever. Um, uh, I was going to change it because I didn't want there to be, I wanted to have basically as many opportunities as I could. And I was about to change it, in fact, when, um, Somebody talked me out of it. It's a long story, but it's unrelated to to what we're talking about. And um, and then they had already struck the credits uh, for uh, for um, they you know filmed the credits for Days and Confused. But I was about to do it, so it's interesting. It's always interesting to imagine if at all that would have made some sort of difference in the tra trajectory of my career. And you know, I kind of tend to doubt it would actually, but um, but it's 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 a kind of an unavoidable. 
um, question about that road not taken, you know, that I've, I've asked myself. Did you have a name picked out? Yeah, it was Stark. Um, I was a big fan of, um, of, you know, all the James Dean movies and, you know, he plays his character, Jim Stark. Um, so in fact, the reason I was talked out of it is because there was an actor at the time named Adam Stork. Uh-huh. And a friend of mine said to me that there would be some confusion. And so I said, okay. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure on some level I was looking for a way to kind of get out of it. I mean, that, was, that would have been a pretty big event. I had already been acting, but I wasn't really known as an actor necessarily. So Days and Confused seemed like it was going to be the thing where if you were going to do it, you had to do it, you know, before that. And, you know, I just didn't make my mind up fast enough. And so that was that. Are you glad that you didn't change your name? Um, I, Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's kind of like sort of like, you know, th- th- there's no way to know what would have been any different, you know, if anything. And um, I, I, I guess, yeah, for the simple reason that that it that it. um you know, that it's my family name. I mean, it only goes back so many generations before it becomes something else, but, you know, but it's, it's, it's my family name, you know, and, and, and it always w- felt a little bit weird, like that my dad, you know, would have a kid whose name, you know, he didn't share. And so, you know, I mean, I, I was ambivalent, let's be clear about doing it. It wasn't like, I'm going to do this. And I just didn't get it in on time, you know. Let's return to the show. Do you think that the episode Never Again will encourage other TV series to tackle the issue of anti-Semitism since it is really dramatically rising in the United States. Yeah, I don't know if the episode itself will, but I would be hard-pressed to imagine that it wasn't explored in other, you know, formats. I have noticed a sort of an uptick in um, Jewish um, themed shows, not always played by Jewish actors, which is a whole separate discussion we can have. Um, Sarah Silverman calls it, um, Jew face, (laughs) um, which is a, you know, a sort of, um, you know, an offhanded way of, 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 you know, broaching the subject. But, um, I, I would have to imagine that, that, that it would, because it's become such a, such a, you know, a, a sort of central, um, I would theme of the last several years. I mean, it's, Again, though, I mean, I think we should be clear. One of the things that's really difficult about discussing anti-Semitism is that people don't want to hear about it for for different reasons um, than they don't want to hear about other forms of prejudice. And, um, you know, part of that is baked into the very premise of anti-Semitism, you know, which is that what are you complaining about, you know, um, I mean, you can get this from all sides, you know, any really hardcore anti-Semites, right? You know, neo-Nazis or whatever. Um, they'll tell you you're not white. Other people will tell you you're white. So what are you complaining about? Um, and so you kind of can't win there. And then, you know, you'll be told, well, shut up. You control the media. Um, my, my, my most recent, you know, joke is if we control the media, why did the episode that we're discussing here today um, air opposite the Oscars. I mean, they had, they could have aired it whenever they wanted to. <laughs> it was, it was somehow we still managed to do okay that night, but, um, I kind of think it was buried. Um, and, 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 you know, I was doing quite a lot of press for it. So, um, in fact, I, you know, I, I haven't had a publicist in several years, but I got one, <laughs> excuse me, a few months ago before the episode, uh, again, for the first time in many years. And, um, and so, um, 
Yeah, because, you know, part of this conspiracy is, is that there's this, you know, you know, there's 12 of us, right, who are, who are controlling the banks and the media and whatever. So, you know, this, you know, stop whining about, stop whining. I mean, so part of the anti-Semitism is that the anti-Semitism doesn't exist. You know, yes. it's, it's, a, it's an incredible, kind of incredibly brilliant form of gaslighting. I mean, you really can't, you can't win. Of course we will win, but but it's hard. It's hard when that's the argument uh, that that you're lying. You know, you, the people won't believe their lying eyes, right? Right. Um. So, if our listeners would want to encourage their favorite TV show to depict uh, forms of anti-Semitism existing in the United States or elsewhere in the world. Do you have any suggestions of how to do this? How they could encourage their favorite TV show to pay attention to this um, phenomenon in society? I mean, listen, I feel like if I knew how to do that, <laughs> I would, I would, I would, um, I would probably be doing something else for a living. But <laughs> you know, I guess what I, I mean. You know, all I know is I think what 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 we all know now is that um, you, you know we all have a much bigger um, soapbox than we used to with social media and that sort of thing. I mean, in, in the olden days, you know, if your favorite show was being let's say canceled, you would literally write letters or something, you know. And and now I think you know there are all kinds of different ways of um, you know of, of of kind of interacting with the people in power. Um, but, um, you know, I think there's a more fundamental issue here, you know, which is that, uh, you know, a lot of Jewish people who work in the industry, I mean, this has been my theory. I, I, I don't know. Um, in, in many ways don't want to deal with it, right? There's a shame involved. And, um, and that's, you know, I, I used to get told all the time in, 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 in not very long ago, if I was up for a certain role, let's say, and I auditioned for it, they would say, oh man, that was a, you know, that was an incredible audition. You did a great job, but we're going to go kind of more all American. Now, this was something that was okay to say until really recently. Um, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and the funny thing is I never questioned it. Right. I was like, right. I mean, I was upset or, but I don't even know that I was insulted. I was like, all American. I knew what they meant. They meant Chad, the blonde guy. We're going to go more guy next door. Like, whoa, what? But I live next door to guys that look nothing like that guy. So anyway, I could go on and on about that. But I guess um, I, th I think that what has to be undone is the shame of of of, of outing ourselves, of, of expressing um, and connecting to our, our, our Jewishness. And I think that starts kind of at the top. Yes, I think absolutely. And we're coming to the end of the interview, but, and you've been so uh, articulate about the topics that we want to discuss, but is there anything that we've missed that you'd like to add? Um, no, I mean, I really appreciate that you guys are doing this and that you kind of gave me, you know, me a forum to, you know, to dis discuss this and, you know, um, you know, I will, rec I will say one thing. There was, there was a book I read recently and it really, it really, really, encapsulated exactly what I wanted to say for years. But, you know, frankly, I just like wasn't, I, 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 
you know, I, I wasn't concise enough or, you know, I'm not a writer of books, uh, but there's a, a comedian and writer named David Badiel, uh, an, an English comedian writer, performer. And he wrote a book called Jews Don't Count. And it's very small. I have very, very um, little patience. I'm a little ADD. So I have a hard time reading actually. And this book is very small um, and fantastic and really encapsulates um, the contemporary iteration of anti-Semitism and, and precisely what we've sort of touched on, which is this idea that um, it's the prejudice that just doesn't count. I used to, years ago, I would always call it America's cuddly racism, which was a kind of a, a really clumsy way of trying to say what I was trying to say. Anyway, he says it much more clearly than I can, and I encourage everyone to read that book. Excellent thank recommendation. You. We yeah, thank you. you so much for coming on our show. We thank our listeners. Those of you who have not yet seen Evelyn's documentary, Never Again is Now, you may see it on Amazon or YouTube also, you can learn more about my nonfiction, Holocaust Play, ThinEdgeOfTheWedge.com, which has firsthand testimonies of survivors and saviors, and it's especially targeted for young people to learn more about the Holocaust, but also to learn to speak up today against all hate, which is how we end every episode. We say to our listeners, please, without putting yourself in physical harm, speak up against anti-Semitism and all hate. Yes.